Hello everyone, this is Vivek, your host on CX Conversations, a talk where we talk about everything around customer experience. And today we've got Rajasri Singh, Raj as I like to call him. He's the manager who heads uh, operations and uh, strategic initiatives at Kamineni Hospitals in Hyderabad. And I had a very interesting meeting last week with him while I was in Hyderabad for sales meeting around the city. It was amongst the very few meetings where I spent a lot more time talking about everything under the sun but selling Omoto. It was a great discussion, Raj, and I received some very honest feedback about Omoto from you. So thank you for that. Uh, to give you a very brief uh, background about uh, Raj, Raj has deep passion for market research, which he was doing in his early days after graduating from Bits Pilani. Later, he did an MBA from IIM Trichy. Post-MBA, he made his way into healthcare after a short stint at Cognizant. Now, I'll let Raj add to this. Um, Raj, could you please tell us a, a little bit about your journey from market research to healthcare? Uh, hello, everyone. Hi, Vivek. Uh, I do agree that we had a really good conversation when we met here in Hyderabad. We did talk about all and sundry except actually the intent of the meeting probably. Well, uh, I graduated from Bitspilani and I completed an I'm, uh, you know, MBA from IIM Trichy. And, uh, uh, well, I've always been into healthcare and I've been fortunate enough to uh, make my decisions very consciously. Uh, why, what I mean by that is that, you know, I was able to choose what I like doing and I was able to pursue it as well. So initially, uh, I was into market research just post uh, my undergraduation and uh, it's, I, I would say personally, when I look at it at, uh, in retrospect, I, I'd say that I probably learned the maximum out of market research which I did at that point of time, which included a lot of primary research. And uh, like, it, it, it's a world of learning. It's a world of learning. So back then also, while I used to work with market research, in market research, I would work with uh, pharmaceutical clients and uh, medical equipment companies. And uh, it just kept rolling on from there. And I, my ultimate goal always was to get into hands-on healthcare. And here I am today. Wow. Very few people can say that, Raj, to be honest, that they have, they knew where they wanted to go and they've, they've pursued it and they've reached where they wanted to. So you're, you're amazing in that aspect, I guess. Um, and I remember uh, when mm -hmm. we were talking in Hyderabad last week, you were telling me that market research actually also taught you how to communicate while conducting the primary research. Oh, yes. um, could you tell me more about that and specifically share some examples of how those interactions in your market research days helped you develop the necessary communication skill that you are using till date, even at Kamenini Hospital? So, so uh, like I had told you, you know, uh, market research is, is not for everybody to be honest, it's, it's not for everybody yeah. because it's, it's a tough job. It's a tough job and especially in primary research, uh, if you are uh, where your motive is to get information from somebody uh, who is probably not willing to give the information for n number of reasons. It can be for whatever, uh, you know, maybe they're short on time, maybe they're busy, maybe something else. But True. to actually be able to field a conversation which the you know which you also find in, take interest in you are knowledgeable in as well as you are able to convey to the 
you know, cold caller to, to the person who you're speaking with, that, you know, that there is something to gain out of having a conversation with you. That is something that is a bit of a skill, to be honest. It's, it's a bit of a skill and it takes time to acquire. And, and the process is very difficult. It, it's pretty long uh, because you have to go through a lot of, uh, uh, what do you call it? You have to go through a lot of rigmaroles in it, a lot of rejection, a lot of here and there. So which is why I would like to maintain that it's not for everybody. But what it does is it gives you a world of skills. It gives you a world of ideas. It gives you an entire world of understanding which you wouldn't have been able to gain through you know, secondary research or by reading or by just interacting with people also. Because this is a specific motivated discussion. I'll give you a simple example. We were uh, working on this one particular piece of medical equipment and the company was trying to uh, launch in Brazil at that point of time. And uh, they had everything. They had the product portfolio, they had uh, competitive prices, they had their distribution chain up pretty well, but nevertheless, they weren't able to really break into the market. And it, it was a pretty big mystery actually at that point of time. We were trying to get through it, but we weren't able to. And on one particular day, I was again, you know, in my primary research role, I was talking to this person uh, from Brazil who knew some amount of English actually. And uh, okay. we were speaking and we were trying to understand what is, you know, the lack of preference. And I realized that the lack of preference is because the device is a little small and it is sort of portable. And hence, it is, it is easy to probably steal it or it is oh. not exactly to keep it safe in, uh, you know, in a particular setup. Yeah, so see, you wouldn't expect this kind of a problem while making your product, right? Uh, yeah. you, would, you wouldn't expect that it is too handy or it is too useful, or mm. for lack of a better word. Uh, yeah. so, that's, so this is something that you can gain only out of primary research. You know, it's straight mm. from the horse's mouth, straight from the user who says that I like the device, I like the pricing, I like everything. But I fear that I, it can easily be, you know, pilfered or it can be stolen and that poses a problem for me. So I remember yeah. this particular example. So and I learned to talk to people about these kind of uncanny or offbeat understandings about products, about drugs, about, uh, you know, everything in the world per se. Now that's the kind of information that you would never get by doing secondary research, I believe. And, and only when you speak to people on the ground, people who are using, living that culture, living that land, would they be able to give you that kind of information? That's, that's incredible, Raj. Thanks for sharing that's that. I'm sure... Uh, what I believe is that if employees of any organization could mm. learn to collect data in such a friendly manner, they mm. can personalize their interactions with every patient or every mm. customer. Mm. Um, in your role at Kamenini, have you trained or coached your team at, uh, um, on, on using such methods to develop personal connections with the patients so that the patients also start feeling a little bit more comfortable? talking to these uh, people and mm. uh, in that direction could you also share some tips on how this can be done uh, and what changes have you observed in staff behavior after such coaching um, yeah, at your yeah, end? yeah so you know just Vivek just as I pointed out that you know the kind of information that you can get while doing primary research like very offbeat information uh, that is something that you know left a pretty deep mark on me, and I always believe that uh, while doing any kind of research, even in the healthcare domain right now, we have patients and all hospitals, all players, everybody is trying to improve on their NPS scores. Everybody mm -hmm. feels that you know NPS score is an important thing, and that we should try and improve the score as much as possible. That NPS might be there on social media, it might be there on you know any kind of ratings which tells you that you're doing a good job. 
or it might be some yeah. kind of a feedback mechanism that you have at your hospital. So I remember that this kind of uh, you know offbeat uh, information is something that you can uh, gain, and it really adds a lot of value to it. So I always believe that other than quantitative research, which contributes directly to the NPS score, we should also have a different method of collecting feedback. So I developed this, or rather I uh, conceptualized this entire patient experience idea where uh, I would just uh, go and sit and talk to the patient for almost say 40, like half an hour, 40 minutes or so, as long as the patient is ready to speak with or the patient attender is ready to speak with as per their convenience. And while I would speak with them, I would just simply forget about any kind of feedback or anything. I would just simply sit and talk to them and listen to them about what they have to say. I would ask them about their family members. I would ask them about you know who works where, whether they're retired, whether they miss their children, whether what they like about our hospital, what they do not like about our hospital. It's like a proper, simple conversation that you'd have with just another person uh, in a very casual manner. In the process, we had some, we initially we kept it very open-ended. Then we had some amount of uh, agenda. We had, an, we had a motive, we formulated a form uh, which we internally would look at and keep in mind that you know these are the uh, data points that we need to sort of uh, ask the consumer, the patient about, and accordingly we'll be able to act on certain things. But this entire process is not an interview process, it is simply going and talking. The manner in which we recorded this information was also completely verbatim. We never really paraphrased or we never, never did anything to give any kind of shape to that data. We wanted it to be the way it is. And from there, we would derive our insights and we would correlate it with our quantitative feedback score. You won't believe this, Vivek, when I tell you that more than 60 or 70% of the feedbacks don't match. The, because quantitatively, you will notice that uh, the patient has probably marked you at, as four out of five on several of the parameters. But mm -hmm. when you actually go and talk to them, when you speak with them, they might tell you something like that, we know we like the treatment or we like the food, but I wish, the, I wish somebody came and cleaned my room a little more often. Or somebody might say that we have loved everything, but the food was a little bit spicy, but everything else was okay. Now, you see, this is not good customer experience. This yeah. is not good patient experience. This is patient adjustment or you know, customer adjustment, yeah. where technically something is missing and the customer is somehow adjusting it. So this mm -hmm. is something that we uh, were pretty really shocked not to realize. Yeah, and yeah, they're not disclosed. I was saying, and they're not disclosing that in their ratings. Correct. So the ratings are ratings belie these feedback. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you don't get to see these kind of uh, feedback uh, on NPS score because it's not mentioned over there or, you know, sometimes patients are reluctant to men mention it as well. But when you actually have a warm conversation with them, they're probably people, they're more open to the idea of sort of confessing to you or like sharing it with you. So this is something that I used to do personally, and then I brought people on board, I brought my staff on board, and I trained them on how to go about it. And on a daily basis, we have a very strong sample size. We try to talk to each and every patient in varying durations. We try to sort out their problems. We are able to collect that and you know completely sieve out that feedback, correlate it with our quantitative scores, and actually make very mean, like be able to see out very meaningful insights which we can take action on. That's incredible. Um, so tell us more, uh, what do you think about the customer experience in healthcare? How do you think it's impacting healthcare industry right now and uh, how 
uh, like where do you see it is going in the coming years from the customer experience perspective in healthcare i think you know i think patient experience is going to be the ultimate differentiator because mm-hmm. if you look at things right now you know things are moving in that direction already like a lot of major hospitality chains have actually ventured into healthcare they're expanding into healthcare or they at least have announced plans to come into healthcare so True. given that we can definitely expect or we already see that patient experience is going to be an ultimate differentiator so you see that this entire thing is becoming a confluence of multiple industries so hospitality so right now healthcare delivery as a service is part hospitality it is part retail and it is part healthcare now in that a lot of investment since access to healthcare in india is becoming more and more proliferated a lot of funding and investment has come in through the private equity players and i believe that when it comes to the top 6 or top 7 chains who've got excellent equipment who've got excellent funding who've got excellent uh, expertise who are delivering excellent outcomes as well that that entire differentiation is going to be a little difficult to perceive for the patient over the next few years because all of them are going to deliver similar outcomes i wouldn't say that one would be starkly better and the other would be starkly worse but they'd all be able to deliver outcomes which are in the same ballpark but what would truly differentiate is what kind of a you know experience i'm delivering to the patient because i can do everything right i can do everything properly i can the outcome might be the best outcome on the planet but on the day of discharge when the patient is eager to go home i take 6 hours or 7 hours instead of 2 hours to discharge the patient and all my good work goes down the drain the same patient can probably not prefer your hospital because of that kind of an experience later on so which yeah. is why i think you know patient experience is going to become a pretty strong a much stronger differentiator is already a strong differentiator it's going to become a stronger differentiator in the future which is by collecting quantifying understanding patient feedback and thereby using those as actionable insights to improve patient experience will become very very crucial so in this case how do you think uh, raj hospitals can create a memorable and differentiated patient experience i think you've already hmm. mentioned about collecting feedback hmm. what else do you think hospitals can do well uh, i told you about collecting the feedback uh, i would probably elaborate upon what you know actionable insights you can derive from the feedback and how you can derive them actually uh, yes because that's that's primarily where your you know point of action lies so what uh, what we do is as i told you you know that we kind of uh, correlate the two feedbacks and to to understand where uh, like whether it matches whether it does not match and uh, what we can do out of it another thing that we do which is a pretty much which is which is something that we do pretty much in house is to understand what is good feedback and bad feedback and you know what is medium feedback so i'll elaborate a little bit upon this uh, if yeah. you've noticed uh, vivek you've been in the industry for quite some time actually so if you've noticed a feedback from anywhere you pretty much find that if there are 10 parameters 8 out of 10 of them or 10 out of 10 of them are marked as 4 out of 5 or they are all yeah, marked as yeah. 3 out of 5 now yeah. i would have serious doubts about the quality of this feedback i would have serious doubts about it 
because uh, it's it it doesn't really look like something that i would be able to trust unless i have specifically spoken to the patient and understood what he was trying to do over there so in when i noticed this i realized that creating an nps score by taking all feedback forms into account is not the best practice or rather it is not reflective of the true happening which is why mm -hmm. after a lot of observation after a lot of you know statistical slicing and dicing we came up with this in-house algorithm it's a simple nine step algorithm which we use to understand what is good feedback and what is feedback that we can probably put in the second tier and accordingly we are able to slice and dice the data following which you know we do a lot of analytics work to understand you know where where the particular feedback can be positioned and how much it aligns with the rest of the feedbacks and following which we are able to probably out of say 150 feedbacks uh, feedback forms uh, and one say around 80 to 90 interviews from that we are able to sieve out say four solid actionable insights which can be very simple very simple things like probably probably you know extra like probably room freshness probably having two or more than two room freshness in the room or it can be something much simpler like if if we can get uh, say on the day of discharge if i can provide the patient with some drops uh, back to their homes or something like that they can be very simple and easy to do things like this but the outcome the patient delight and the the perception the brand perception the way it changes that is really immense yeah such valuable insights and and it's always in the simple things that you can create delight that's something that i always tell my customers as well and of course. Um, as as a company we are also constantly looking at making the patient feedback process more valuable for our clients and for other hospitals too in that direction raj can you share some pitfalls and shortcomings that you have seen in the feedback management process in general oh definitely like again see i would i wouldn't want to be critical over here but i must say that you know the feedback process that we currently have in the industry it it yeah. is it, it does provide a lot of insight and people do take uh, like uh, actions and insights out of it and all that but i think we should pay a lot more attention to the feedback or the way we are collecting it the way we are analyzing it and the way we are finally giving results to it basically because i find that it is taken a little casually or maybe i find that you know people really don't think much about the feedback they they like it would occur to anybody when they see a feedback form which is which has a pattern it it say you know 1 2 3 4 1 2 3 4 something like that Uh, you know when they see something like that it is very easy for the person to realize that this particular feedback is probably not of high quality or it it's, it's probably doesn't have a direction but still mm -hmm. if you include it in the nps score and your score becomes i say say skewed for the better or skewed for the worse then there is no point to it right you don't really get what the crux of the matter is so this mm -hmm. is something that i really see that you know it's it's probably just a little bit of thought you put in a little more thought and it's very easy to do actually so mm -hmm. i think that part is a little missing for the time being there are people who are doing it i think it will get better as well but for the time being that is missing largely missing the second thing that i notice is that uh, the analysis that you put in the feedback later on actually and the yeah. way you involve the other stakeholders into it because sometimes the feedback might be about the billing department it might be about the physician it might be about the nurses so that yeah. sensitization that i that one should be open to feedback one should get to see what the feedback is and accordingly because 
not you as somebody who's facilitating the feedback may not be directly involved or be direct be able to involve yourself uh, in the workings and processes of another department you mm-hmm. are pretty much a facilitator per se so yeah. once you are able to sensitize other people that you know this feedback is something that will help you and that one should have a proper follow up mechanism to it so that something actually is done and sustained that is something that needs to be collaborated upon rather than it becoming a confrontational issue in which case you can't move from it yeah yeah which is where most uh, organizations kind of get stuck because mm-hmm. when they start collecting feedback employees start getting defensive or they might get confrontational also which is uh, the most uh, uh, wrong direction to take and and i love what you've just said uh, it's important to sensitize your team as well about the the reason why you are collecting feedback and how mm-hmm. it is going to be valuable in improving the the organization's performance and also help the employees grow in the organization mm-hmm. very That's true it. now what i have seen is that one of the biggest challenges with patient feedback is to make it actionable and i know that you've you've shared some tips around how to do the analysis by creating some correlation from the unstructured data that you collect through your conversations with the patient and mm-hmm. correlating that with the structured ratings data that you collect um mm-hmm. in that direction could you maybe simplify that because i'm sure not every hospital might be uh, might have a raj in their team and they might not be able to set up a process that allows them to have such uh, deep conversations with their patients in that case what processes measurements and controls must a hospital establish to make patient feedback actionable so that ultimately it adds to the improvement of the patient experience ah oh, definitely like see uh, the first thing that they need to do is to improve the collection of the feedback it has to be collected seriously and it has mm-hmm. to be uh it has to be defined very well like you should have after gaining some experience on the field you should develop an understanding of what heads or what areas the feedback might come in and what data points are essential to understand how those particular areas are performing so typically uh, when it comes to hospitals you'll get a lot of feedback about housekeeping you'll get a lot of feedback about food and beverage and you'll get a lot of feedback about uh, certain maintenance aspects maybe per se so to understand how the health of these particular departments is or like how they're performing you need to have certain objectives in mind so that means that for when you're collecting feedback be it quantitative or qualitative your end objective should be very clear to you and it should be clear department wise so you need mm-hmm. to define the feedback well that's number 1 number 2 when it comes to the analysis you actually need a numbers person to do this you need yeah. somebody who actually knows how to slice and dice numbers who knows how to play with numbers to understand what the how the entire process should be looked at because see you know numbers will never lie but we as human beings can try to make the numbers lie <laughs> yeah so yeah. that is something where a numbers person will become very effective a, a person who's deep into analytics will become pretty effective where he can actually look at the data and create simple models out of it to understand where the feedback is going yeah so that's something that i would talk about when it comes to the uh, uh, 
analytics part or the analysis part and finally the implementation part just as i told you before the implementation part involves the collaboration of all stakeholders involved so that mm. would take a lot of uh, collaboration it would take a lot of sensitization and more importantly there should be a lot of documentation to understand how we went about this so that in the future if somebody needs to refer to needs to refer to some of these processes they can understand what to refer to so the knowledge management aspect of this is also very important that's incredible i've never thought about this to be honest with you raj i the, the amount of knowledge that is generated in the action that is taken on resolving those patient feedbacks is mm. so valuable and it is so much contextualized to that hospital uh, but it is being lost i believe that and you have so rightly said that it needs to be documented and because that that document is for your organization and might not right. apply to any any other right. organizations so you see uh, you know today i have a very trained team all together tomorrow mm. there might be several circumstances in which i probably do not have the team so when when my new staff member on boards or when i have a new team per se they shouldn't you know waste any time they should hit the ground running or they should be yeah. able to be equipped with the tools which will help them to hit the ground running now those those tools are things which will come through the proper knowledge management of how things were solved before and you know one more thing that it does is is it really motivates employees it really motivates them because yeah uh, you know to sort of it, it, it's a bit of a rush it's a bit of a rush to actually go to a patient and to become a family member for the patient to, to that patient for say 30 minutes and to get like incredible feedback out of that person then to be able to um, so i've given my staff some some amount of training in statistics as well which is something that they've taken very receptively and they've really enjoyed it so that is something that is a bit of a gain for them something that they can you know on their careers on their long term perspectives that is something that they can take back similarly yeah. this entire knowledge management idea it is again some it's it's almost like creating a, a new generation of customer experience executives who in their own right will probably create more people uh, in this particular ideas maybe even improve and that's mm. how i think we'll get there <laughs> when it comes to customer experience wow wonderful that's amazing raj um what would be your advice to healthcare organizations who are just kind of starting to collect patient feedback to improve the patient experience because even till date there are not or rather not every organization beat healthcare or any other industry not every organization is collecting customer feedback what would be your let's say two or three points of advice that you would like to give to these kind of organization who are just kind of getting started mm-hmm. with it the first thing the first advice that i would give them is to have a customer experience team uh, you know a lot of the hospitals don't have a customer experience team they kind of rely on their inpatient executives or their quality team to provide the right kind of experience while i'm sure that it they are able to do justice to it but why do why why settle for justice when you can do much better so yeah. uh, my first advice would be to have the right kind of team who will be able to understand it and take things forward the second advice would be to help these particular teams or equip these teams with the right tools so that their mm-hmm. their job becomes a lot easier so that they are able to uh, focus on what really needs to be focused upon like act taking action out of those insights 
You see, uh, out here, the process that we have here at Kamilini, it is a pretty long-drawn process and it is pretty, uh, it is a little exhausting to finally get to the insights because there are multiple documents involved, which includes verbatim files, which includes Excel sheets, which includes more, uh, you know, and uh, like macro-based Excel sheets and things like that. So, so what happens is that there's, a, there's, a, there's a very long conveyor belt of information and documents which keeps circulating amongst all of us at all points of time and it can be a little tiring so if mm. so we need the right kind of tools so that we spend more time focusing on what we should be doing or what gives us more action rather than you know spending unnecessary effort in what we have been currently <laughs> like following and all that yeah. so that's the second that advice sense. and the third thing that i would say is to keep things sustainable like you know, you start with a customer experience team, and then when things are running fine, you probably focus, start focusing less on it. That is something that is, you know, disastrous. Because mm. believe it or not, even though this is the healthcare industry, and even though this is something that, like, if you like, it, it's not exactly like a product-based industry as such. But even then, yeah. customer preferences change, patient preferences change. So it, you have to be vigilant all the time. These are the three things that I would tell any executive see, or any person from experience. I think you've made a brilliant point. Actually, the last point that you've just said that to make it sustainable, that mm. relates so well with the first point where hospitals should think of having a separate customer experience team. And only my, in my last newsletter uh, for the last week, I wrote mm -hmm. about how important it is to have a separate team or to upgrade mm -hmm. your team so that they can do bigger things. Because if you're loading the same people with more responsibilities, they're going to be seeing those things as overload. And that's not sustainable. That's right. That's right. So your first point itself makes sure, uh, ensures that the system becomes sustainable. Brilliant, Raj. Finally, this is a question that I ask everyone. Can mm -hmm. you name a few books that had the most impact in your life and that you would recommend to our listeners? Sure. So one book I'd recommend everybody to read is this book called Surely You're Joking, Dr. Feynman. Okay, okay, that's interesting. So it's an immensely lovable book. It's, 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 uh, it's what great men do. The book is about what great men do when they take a lot of complex examples and they make, make it feel really simple. So interesting. it's really complex physics going on in that particular book. Like the cosmos is being explained to you, but it is being done such sim in, such, in such a simple fashion at the end of the book, you'll feel, hey, why, you know, why don't we all study physics and start <laughs> delivering these kind of insights? So it's, it's a brilliant book once you go through it. So the second book, uh, which I would recommend Vivek, uh, is this book called Jane Eyre. Uh, it's written by an English writer called Charlotte Bronte. And it's a beautiful book about making choices, about following through with your choices. And that entire book is something that helps you understand that even though taking a chosen path might not always be the easiest path, but it is always the most fulfilling path. So it's, it's, it's kind of a really life-altering or maybe uh, focus-altering book, actually. I think everyone should read that. And the third book that I would recommend is it's pretty often read, and it is more than quoted, and everybody is quoting it nowadays. It's this book called The Art of War by Sun Tzu. The man mm -hmm. who wrote it at that point of time was an absolute genius and definitely a lot to learn about strategy and guile and, uh, you know, about conduct, just about conduct on how you conduct yeah. your business or yourself and things like that. It's a beautiful book. 
I think these are three yeah. books that people could definitely read and, and it just enriches your life a lot. Great. Well, Raj, thank you so much for all the time. It's been a pleasure talking to you like the previous time. And like always, you've shared such depth of your knowledge. I believe uh, our listeners are going to enjoy this conversation. Um, this is your host signing off uh, on another episode of CX Conversation. Thank you so much for listening.